You've joined the Digital Transformation Success Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla McKinney. I consult with leaders around the globe and bring their teams through a digital transformation journey. Realizing digital transformation across an entire organization is key to business success. While the phrase digital transformation is often used, it's not always understood. So we start each episode with my brief working definition. Digital transformation refers to the purposeful integration of digital technology into all areas of a business. It goes beyond technological innovations in that it requires a fundamental mindset shift of how to operate internally and deliver maximum value to customers at scale. When done well, it results in a culture change to an environment where opportunities for digital technology are not missed but are thoughtfully used to change established practices and processes for greater efficiency, flexibility, and profitability. You'll hear from consultants, trainers, executives, innovators, and thought leaders. We will avoid buzzwords, jargon, and leave behind our egos to help you take that next step toward digital transformation success. Let's dive in. With me today is Corey Featherly of this little company. I don't know if you've heard of it, Meta. So you think you've heard of it. (laughs) Corey Featherly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, you really live in my world of helping small and medium businesses. So you work across a lot of different industries. So I'm sure there's a lot we can talk about. But if you haven't met Corey Featherly before, he has been helping small and medium sized businesses leverage Meta's digital marketing tools and really trying to make that reality. Like it's not just these crazy ideas, which we're going to talk about a couple of crazy ideas, but how do we bring them down and bring them to day to day business. So he's a business engineer. He loves working with people to come up with efficient marketing strategies. What are the systems? What are the day-to-day ops that we're going to need to do as we develop solutions that allow these great ideas businesses have to actually become a reality and not just kind of get left, as we say, on the cutting room floor. So Corey comes from a background that's in technology and consulting and um, also aeronautic engineering. So I'm sure that this conversation could go a lot of different directions. Um, But really, you know, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to, we're going to address a couple of crazy ideas and maybe some phrases you've heard uh, bandied about. As I said, in my intro, we are going to leave behind jargon. So if you don't know what we're going to talk about today, we're going to break it down a little bit so that you feel really comfortable understanding how meta might be a part of your digital transformation success. So how's that for a good start, Corey? That sounds fantastic. This sounds like it's going to be a great show. I can't wait to listen. Um, Well, I wanted to kick it off with something that um, you and I got to talk briefly about a couple of weeks ago, and that is Horizon Worlds. And I know this is one of those, you know, key phrases that people are talking about. And as we saddle up to people at, um, you know, business cocktail parties, thank God we're going to those again. (laughs) These, you know, people are hearing these words. um, And, you know, metaverse obviously is something we're going to talk a lot about today, too. But before we get started, I'd like for you to instead of explaining one and the other, can you kind of cross compare them and tell us what's different about Horizon Worlds versus the metaverse. And I think that might give a broader context for people. Yeah, for sure. Happy to to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I think it's a common misunderstanding that Horizon Worlds 
is the metaverse. Uh, and that's just not true. That is, that is very far from the truth. Um, so if we think about the internet, um, I think that offers a good example that we can use some context from. So if you think about Horizon Worlds as sort of like a web page, um, that page might have a lot of different parts on the page. It might be like, uh, for example, if we think about Facebook as a website, right? There's all sorts of different presences on Facebook. You can go to different business pages. You can go to communities and groups. You can go to Facebook Marketplace and see what people in your neighborhood are selling. This is all happening on one, one website. But is Facebook the internet? No, no, it's just a website on the internet, right? So the, that's kind of a similar story with Horizon Worlds. Horizon Worlds is one set of digital spaces, um, but it is not the metaverse. It's just sort of one uh, area of the metaverse that makes it easy for people to jump in, to meet up with other people digitally, to create new spaces and explore what other people have created. Um, but I think it's actually a great analogy to consider Facebook as a website for how Facebook as a website is to the internet as Horizon Worlds is to the metaverse. Awesome. Well, what we're talking about today is really what does this mean for businesses and what does this mean for digital transformation in businesses? So let's talk a little about kind of what we would need to know before a business applies it. And that is just the question that's pretty basic about well, why would consumers want to actually go to the metaverse? Because then I think the follow-up question is, you know, once consumers go there, why do businesses want to go there? But what is possible out there? So lay out just a real foundation for us about the attraction. What is it that people are hoping to, to do in the metaverse? Yeah, I think this is really interesting because if we go way back to the early days of the internet, uh, it's really entertaining to watch some of the news coverage of the internet when it was first coming out because there was a lot of skepticism about the internet. People saw it as kind of frivolous and ridiculous and people were, uh, I think like there was this like dungeon game was one of the early things that was popular on the, on the internet and it was all like ASCII art, very basic sort of thing. Um, and I think communication groups where people were just sort of like sharing messages was this first iteration of the internet. And there was a lot of people saying like, oh, this thing is like, it's going to go away in a few years. No one will be talking about it. The whole <laughs> thing is ridiculous. Um, Famous last words. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, you know, we're seeing some skepticism about the metaverse. And I see that um, as a very much a parallel for, you know, um, the public reception of the internet early on. And in a way, I consider that to be almost a good thing, right? Because it, it means that we're doing something new and innovative. If, if it was something that everyone just understood out of the door, <laughs> uh, that means that it's something that's not new and people already understand it. So to really create something new for humanity, um, which really I see that as, as what the metaverse is, it's the next evolution of the internet that's going to offer something categorically new experience-wise to people. So what actually does the metaverse offer? Like, why would people go there? Um, and I would say all of the things that you might do on the internet today, you're going to be able to do even better in the metaverse tomorrow. And it's not necessarily going to replace 
everything. There are some things that are just naturally going to be a better fit for doing on um, you, what you might consider the internet today or like, you know, websites. But there's other things that are going to be so much more enjoyable. And a couple of the early categories that really have stood out and have attracted a lot of interest. One of them obviously is gaming. Uh, gaming um, in the metaverse is a lot of fun because it's more immersive. Um, and allows you to step into the game in a way that people just couldn't do before um, and allows you to hang out with your friends in, in a way that you really couldn't do before as well. And those are some core uh, aspects uh, as a gamer myself that makes gaming really enjoyable for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and another one I think is really interesting is fitness. Um, fitness has really taken off um, in a way that has surprised a lot of people in the metaverse application. Uh, and I am someone that does VR fitness almost every single day. I use an app called Supernatural Fitness. Um, and there's a lot of information about that uh, on the web if you're interested in checking out some videos on YouTube that show you what it's like. But essentially what the experience is, is they launch new workouts every day. They have professional coaches that um, sort of like teleport into your VR space and give you a brief introduction. They have a uh, eclectic mix of music of all different genres. Uh, and so they intro you to the workout and they have you follow along as you do a few stretches. And then once the workout starts, they're playing this music, which is usually, you know, similar to the music you would hear on the radio, pretty popular music. And there's these like exercise targets flying at you. There's two versions of the workout, one where you're holding bats, the other one where you're boxing. Uh, and it really gets you into it because like you have the immersive feeling of these targets flying at you. You need to respond, right? So uh, it, in a way where like going to the gym and walking on the treadmill or running on the treadmill for 30 minutes, just like instantly feels very boring to me. I don't want to do that. I'm like forcing myself, hopping into supernatural VR and like hitting the targets, listening to music. It's much more fun and, and engaging. And I think we can really see that in the popularity of the way that's taken off. So those are a couple of use cases. Of course, we'll see more coming up in the future as well. Yeah, it's like such a progression because, you know, I, I do remember many years ago, even being able to upload a photo, say, for example, of myself, and now I'm going to try on, you know, several different hair colors for me, you know, the beauty brands, you know, grasp some of this uh, idea, but I'm really excited to see how other um, industries like that take a more immersive experience. And for me, I'm in it for the immersive experience. Listen, if I could do virtual shopping where I can actually try clothes on without leaving my house, like, I am ready for it. And I know that they can do it and they will do it eventually. You think about that. That's just a matter of points and and, you know, measurements and, and things that, 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 you know, math can completely compute. There's no reason why not, but I've got to tell you my 13 year old who has, you know, the Oculus and they, he does laugh at me a little bit because one of my favorite things to do is put it on and sit down in the geode. Um, that is just the opening scenario of just like the actual room where you go pick what you're going to do. And I just like to meditate in there, you know, and it's, it's funny, these immersive experiences that we have, um, you know, they start with something small, something maybe that you're interested in, something you can comprehend. Um, and then it starts merging from there. And, and it's, it, to me, it's so interesting to think about the creativity. How can another industry figure out what to do? I, I love the idea of what travel is going to do with it. 
I walked across the, uh, you know, the Tower Bridge in London with my 16-year-old. We both had our, our you know, headsets on and, and we were doing that. So, you know, it, it, it's such an interesting time right now to see what people are coming up with. But let's drill down a little bit more into the business idea of it. And I do promise people in the show we're going to get rid of jargon and we're going to really talk about, you know, what what are the conversations you need to be having at your company in order to be thinking about digital transformation success and really even maybe not even success, but maybe digital transformation um, ideation, you know, what is out there, what is possible. So I'm going to throw um, something I love to talk about um, from market research world. You know that I have one foot in market research and one foot in um, in marketing. And, and um, this idea of blockchain um, hit many years ago. I've had many podcast episodes about it. Um, NFT or non-fungible tokens. We've talked about that here and there. But can you talk a little bit about what those are, first of all, um, as as technology, and then how do they actually relate to the metaverse? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so in the spirit of kind of like losing the jargon and yeah. just having some <laughs> real talk, um, I mean, NFTs is a term that tends to confuse a lot of people. Uh, sometimes cryptocurrency confuses some people even today, uh, even though it's like, you know, years into widespread adoption. Um, but both of these things are built off of what's called the public ledger, which just means like, uh, assuming all of the technology is working as intended, there is a public ledger, which says like, this person, like this happened and it, we can verify it. All of these computers are working together to verify that this happened. Um, uh, and so that public ledger is used in different ways for different technologies. But for NFTs, it's basically just saying um, for this digital asset, this is the person that owns it. All the computers in the whole system, they're all working together. They all agree. Anybody can check this at any time. If you wanna know who the owner of this thing is, this digital asset, we can tell you because we have an entire network of computers that all agree on this. Uh, and as that ownership changes over time, you can have the whole uh, chain of ownership that's recorded in this public ledger, this history of ownership. Um, and this is really fits nicely with some of the needs that I expect are going to come up around the metaverse, because when you have that digital presence, there's going to be all sorts of experiences where you're going to um, be able to own digital assets in the metaverse. And if you're into gaming at all, like that's not a new concept. Uh, like uh, for, for anyone that's played Fortnite, which not my favorite game personally, but it's a very oh, popular game. Oh, come on. I, I, I love it so much that I, 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 that I love watching my kids do it. And I, if I could have one superhero power, it'd be to be amazing at Fortnite. Like so, there's, it's basically hide and seek, you know, and capture the flag all rolled into one, but you in the most amazing avatar with the most amazing gadgets ever. I don't, I don't know who wouldn't <laughs> love that. <laughs> so my problem with Fortnite is I'm so not good at it that every time I try to play, oh. I'm like, I'm like one of the first ones out. And then you have to like, and then it's like over Watch before everybody. you even got to do anything, right? <laughs> well, like I, never... <laughs> I, I will I will totally admit, since this is my podcast and I do have to embarrass myself every once in a while, my kids also enjoy watching me play Battlefront with them because for some reason I run around the place. I can't seem to figure out the control to put my gun facing the people I'm trying to shoot. And I just basically run around <laughs> shooting the sky. So um, I'm not saying I'm good at these games, but I do think, you know, it, it, it has put these ideas like this 
a lot of these things that we're talking about and I'm talking about with people in, in business, whether they're, you know, um, creating a, a more immersive space to see a property or, you know, or actually giving a more immersive experience for the shopper and being able to, you know, take a look at, at how, you know, the path to purchase is happening in a virtual, you know, experience, all these kinds of things. I have a lot of clients who are working in very interesting ways in business. And this is an out there conversation for a lot of adults, but kids are all, uh-huh. Yeah. 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 We should be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you, Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, it, sound, it sounds like you and I might actually be fairly evenly matched in Fortnite. So maybe we should. Okay. Set that up <laughs> we should. We um, really should. <laughs> but so the reason I bring up Fortnite is because it's a great example. Like you mentioned, like kids are maybe zoning out when people talk about this sort of thing. But when we talk about a loot drop for Fortnite gear, like a new skin for your avatar, new oh, stuff yeah. like that, kids are suddenly excited about that. Oh, but yes. What's really I hear about it at the dinner table all the time. <laughs> is, so there is a huge market for that. Like if we put on the business hat for a moment and consider Fortnite through a business lens, like there is a lot of money involved in that. And uh, people are interested in those digital assets. Uh, it's, it's something they really care about. They have a lot of fun with those things. They're willing to spend money on this. Um, and I don't, you know, have the numbers offhand that, you know, Epic Games, Epic Games is uh, making a lot of money on Fortnite. Um, that much mm -hmm. I do know. Uh, and just remember for a moment that all of these assets, all of the stuff that people are buying for Fortnite, that is not really backed by anything, right? That's just numbers on Epic Games server that says like, oh, somebody bought this thing. Now we're going to give them this asset and we'll keep track of that on our internal server so we can remember like you own this thing. But in a way that, that is a very fragile definition of ownership right there um, because there's a lot you don't, yeah, I mean, there could be a million copies of the same item. And so like, you do you really own this thing? Like, you know, 2,741 other people also own the same skin. Um, so NFTs is really a technology that's going to revolutionize digital ownership or has the potential of doing so um, in a really interesting way by enabling a lot of the things that we just expect from ownership of physical things to be able to represent, to be represented with digital assets. Mm -hmm. So in the future, like, let's just imagine hypothetically that all of the items in Fortnite are backed by NFT ownership, which would mean that like when someone gets a new skin of a frog person in Fortnite, that could actually be a unique skin, right? And it could be that somebody owned it before them and it got transferred to them. And if all of Epic servers had some massive uh, failure, they would still be able to verify ownership of that frog skin um, by using the public ledger for the NFT that's verifying their ownership of that. Mm -hmm. And then if we, we're kind of segueing to, into some other met metaverse stuff here as well, but if we talk about interoperability, if the standard exists for interoperability of those digital assets, that means that even if Fortnite kind of goes away and is not a popular game in 10 or 20 years, they might be able to put on that frog skin that they got the ownership of that is still verified. And because it uses an interoperable standard for digital assets, they could put that skin on and play that with that in a new game um, in the future or in yeah. some other universe that's totally unrelated. So for those of you my age listening along, this is like you bought the CD when you were in college. And then when Apple came out, you actually uploaded it to your iTunes account because you wanted it to have it in iTunes now. <laughs> but you had ownership of it, but you had to actually basically 
you know, install your CD and show that you had the original, you know, and now all of those things are so different in terms of, um, you know, the inter interoper interoperability of that. And, you know, you, you can take it anywhere you are as far as your player now is separated, uh, you know, from the actual music you own. And so we're, we, we have done all of these things um, in, in varying degrees. It's just now we're getting more sophisticated with it and the experiencers are getting better and better. But I've got to tell you, you know, you talk about Fortnite and I think about these uh, immersive experiences and even the interoperability of, of these things. And I think about like the actual major, you know, uh, live concerts uh, that have happened and the live events and these kinds of like unique experiences happening out in, um, in you know, in the virtual reality. And if you think about like also the business application of what does this mean? You know, I may live in a more rural area and I never can get somewhere, let's just say, to see John Mayer, you know, and do you want to make that trip and do you want to, you know, these other expenses, but what if I could do that virtually? And what if then I actually were able to own that piece of whatever that, you know, whatever that asset is that we all agree then that I own from that quote unquote ticket, right? And it's not maybe a, a, a physical ticket anymore. So I, I think there is so much to be, to be said um, from that. I will say, I do know a little funny thing about you personally, and that is outside of the office, you actually build VR apps. I, I'd like to hear a little bit about that before we kind of, you know, talk a little bit about Meta's application and what they're doing in, um, you know, in this world. So tell me a little bit about your personal take now that I've actually confessed probably about what my age is. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. I mean, I, I just think it's such a fun and interesting space to play in, and there's so much opportunity. Um I mean, I have a, a list of like 20 different things that I would like to do, just not enough time to do them all uh, <laughs> hear you. and just playing around with some of the different technologies. So, I mean, we were talking a little bit about Epic Games earlier, but actually Epic Games also owns the Unreal Engine, which is one of two game development platforms that makes um, creating these sorts of experiences relatively easy, definitely much easier than starting from scratch. It handles things like physics and rendering, you know, static meshes and skeletal meshes and animations and particle effects and sound effects and bringing all these things together into, into one experience. Uh, the other very common platform is Unity. So Unity and Unreal Engine are kind of the two most common platforms for developing these sorts of things. Uh, I play around with Unreal Engine quite a bit, and I love the fact that uh, Epic Games offers these free assets. Every single month, they just have free assets that they give out, um, sound effects and like uh, characters that you can use in your experience and stuff like that. Um, and they also offer this blues, blueprint scripting. It's like a visual scripting engine within Unreal. So if you want to program behavior, even if you're not an expert in C++, which is a skill set that takes a while to develop, you can jump in there and very quickly just be like programming behavior into the experience. And so it's a lot of fun. Um, and I kind of enjoy just playing around with that and making some different experiences. Um, yeah, one of the things that I really enjoyed doing recently, and it's like in no way production ready, um, but just pulling in a character and then using the OVR lip sync library from Oculus uh, and then connecting that with an API. So my character would then like make calls out to uh, the internet and pull in bodies of text and then they would be like talking to you and telling you all these things that, that they could pull in programmatically. And it's just really fun in VR because then it almost feels like you're having a conversation 
uh, with somebody else then. So I, I think there's a lot of different fun directions that you can go with that. Yeah. Um, but I guess one thing that I wanted to mention real quick in relation to this um, is from the business perspective, what opportunities exist today to sort of like get involved with metaverse opportunities? Like our, our company is interested, we were in experimenting, we wanna do some early adoption here. What are, the, what are the options that we have? And one of them is um, this more developer intensive approach of actually building something out in like Unreal Engine or Unity. You have a ton of control here. You can just about any sort of experience uh, that you can imagine you can put together. It's just going to take more expertise and skill with these platforms to be able to do that. But that is, that is one of the things that, uh, that businesses could do. Um, and I think there's some good examples out there of businesses that are that are creating VR experiences. Like, for example, like I know there's uh, like a Netflix um, VR app where it's like you're you're chilling in a log cabin and you have that whole VR environment and you're watching Netflix there. But I mean, there's a ton of other use cases as well as well. That's one example. Uh, and then there's there's one like lower hanging fruit, like oh, we just want to play around. Like we don't really want to hire a specialized developer team that has all of this expertise, right? Uh, and another option that allows businesses interested in that approach is Horizon Worlds, um, which we were talking about a little bit before. A lot of that stuff is is there for you. Um, and it's a lot, a lot simpler to jump in and just play around with the tooling. You don't necessarily have to be like a programmer or an artist or an expert or anything. You can jump in there and just create these Horizon Worlds and share them and see what other people have made. There's one example of Wendy's that recently launched a uh, Horizon World for uh, Wendy's um, restaurant in the metaverse. So as an example, that's one thing that you could check out. Mm, I love that. I'm not going to tell who, but I, you know, I'm, I'm in this consumer insight space and there was a company that was talking about, um, you know, giving away a franchise, but it would be in the metaverse. And I think the, the, the actual um, research that went on behind it was like, it's, they're not ready because, you know, a lot of their, um, you know, this QSR uh, consumer just was not going to understand yet what it, what it was exactly that they've won. <laughs> and so um, I am looking forward to some interesting applications there, but it has been really interesting to hear um, other uh, researchers come back with uh, giving us an idea of what the consumer understands and what the consumer is ready for and what the consumer really wants for there. So if people don't really know, you know, what this is, how, how can they actually, you know, look through MetaQuest or how can they actually, you know, um, you know, either through an Oculus or what, what kind of, you know, experience could they get to, to kind of see for themselves what this immersive metaverse could look like? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, if you have a friend with a MetaQuest, then um, hang out with them. Uh, <laughs> typically, they're they're very ready to share and and show you these cool things. You may have seen in the news that uh, Meta recently opened a physical store, or is planning to open a physical store soon in Burlingame in California. So, if you're in that neighborhood, that's another way to check it out. But um, yeah, I mean, one way or another, if you have access to a headset and you can really experience it for yourself, that is so dramatically different than just thinking about it hypothetically in your mind. Uh, and so, if you do have a chance to do that, I would recommend 
that you use that opportunity to experience a few different things. So maybe try out a, a game just to see what that's like. Um, also, there's like we were talking about before, lots of options related to fitness, which can be really fun and for some people even life-changing. Uh, so I would also recommend that uh, checking that out. And another one I'll mention, which we haven't really talked about before, but I think is a huge opportunity um, is just entertainment. Um, so there is a, in MetaQuest, you'll see an app in there called Oculus TV. And if you open that up, you'll see all sorts of different content. Um, one of the things I'll call out is there's different levels of immersive content there. So you will find regular 2D sort of video, which you would just watch in like a virtual screen. I don't think that's gonna be super compelling for you, but definitely do check out some of the fully immersive 3D content that, it, that is in there because it can be uh, really fun to watch. <laughs> and I'm gonna throw out an example. I was playing around with this in last week. And uh, so there was a documentary recently called Free Solo about a rock climber who oh, just yeah. mm -hmm. climbs up uh, mountains El without, Capitan, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they uh, had a, a, a short series of videos where they filmed in completely immersive 360 degree VR video um, of this guy climbing the rocks. And it is incredible because you are just floating up there on the mountain and you see him climbing. He's hanging upside down. He's got his like foot wedged into the rocks. He's moving around, it's totally crazy. You can look down and you can see what's under him, which looks like hundreds of feet of clear drop from there. You can look out and you can see the horizon and the incredible scenery of that environment as well. So it's just a, a really fun way to um, experience some of that content. So uh, another thing I would recommend giving a shot if you have access to a headset. Well, here's what I would recommend. I would recommend go make yourself a pina colada turn the fan on and then put the Oculus on and put yourself on a beach. <laughs> Just, you know, it's getting us there little by little, but my gosh, it could really help you for about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, uh, Corey, it's going to be so interesting seeing how creative uh, companies get. And I think more importantly, what I hear you saying is people need to play around with it. They need to dream a little bit. They need to see some applications, even applications meta themselves is not seeing like there are going to be twists and turns in this technology. Um, but, you know, digital success, you know, comes no matter what the technology, it comes from really a, an amazing idea coupled with the technology. And I think that's, you know, I, I think that's super important. It, it's cool putting things out there and experiencing what someone else has experienced and now saying, hmm, here's the next way I think that, you know, our company could take this. It's going to be, it's going to be a pretty wild ride. So Corey, thank you so much for sharing your, uh, your ideas with us. And also, you know, you work specifically with small and medium businesses. So how would you like people to connect with you at Meta if they have questions about what they could do or where they should start or how they could become, you know, um, a, a part of the experience from the very beginning? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's quite a few socials that are, um, you know, run by Meta where people can get more information about this sort of thing. Uh, I like to follow um, Meta on Facebook because they uh, have a very entertaining post there. So that's a great way to just stay on top of what's happening. 
uh, in the latest information from that team. Um, and then also, like I mentioned before, I'm a huge fan of Supernatural. They have a group on Facebook that I'm in as well. So lots of, of fun um, updates and content from them there as well. Uh, I believe that um, if you're interested more in like the science and technology side of this and like the long-term vision for the future, um, Meta and uh, Reality Labs also has a blog where they post some really interesting updates about um, the evolution of that technology as it moves forward. Awesome. I love it. Well, reach out to Corey. He's also on LinkedIn as all professionals are. So um, it's Corey Featherly, C-O-R-E-Y, Featherly, F-E-A-T-H-E-R-L-Y. Very straightforward. So you should be able to find him, but um, check him out on some of those forums um, and reach out with any of your questions. And as always, get back with us with any follow-up questions you have that you'd want to hear about here on Digital Transformation Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.